Hi everyone, Bob Whitaker again, reporting from GDC in San Francisco. Today's episode features a conversation I had with Don Rawitz, one of the original developers behind the Oregon Trail. Working as a student instructor in Minnesota in 1971, Don worked with Bill Henneman and Paul Dillenberger to create a computer game to help teach 19th century westward expansion to Don's U.S. history class. The results, as I'm sure you know, were pretty historic. I was able to ask Don about the initial inspiration for Oregon Trail and how the game was received by his students as well as his fellow instructors. We also ended up talking a bit more generally about using games in the classroom to supplement regular instruction. It was really a thrill to talk to Don and learn more about the game that established the history game genre. With that, here's the interview. So, Don, thanks for joining me on the show. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, so, Oregon Trail is kind of a foundational game in the educational genre. Uh, it's a foundational game in the history game genre. Uh, and, you know, it's been that way since, you know, you first working, started working on it in 1971. Uh, did you have any idea when you started that project that it would be what it is today? Uh, no idea whatsoever. Uh, the Oregon Trail game was invented uh, by myself and, and two other uh, colleagues uh, when we were seniors in college and we were, uh, we were all intent on becoming teachers so we had to uh, go do a, a residence in a, in a school and be supervised by actual teachers and we got to teach uh, classes. Um, I was looking for a way to um, enliven the teaching of history with my students and uh, my two um, colleagues were, were math uh, majors and uh, so I was explaining to them one day some ideas I had and they, they had some computer experience and said uh, why don't we try making something on the computer and we, we just kind of fell into it. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, it. Uh, at that time, it worked out very nicely with the classes we were teaching, and then um, as the history of the game progressed, uh, it, it turned into a, a very successful uh, game in the market. Right, and you know, you kind of came to this game in terms of pedagogy, right? You're thinking about trying to find an interesting way to present westward expansion. And I'd read elsewhere that you originally conceived of the idea as a board game. Is that right? Well, the only games I was familiar with in, for use in the classroom were ones that educators had created, uh, like board games or mm -hmm. pencil and paper games. So uh, that, that's what I knew. And so, yes, I, I did conceive of the, the notion that if you made a game board out of a big map of the western U.S. and created some mechanism for determining what would happen to a traveler, along the Oregon Trail, um, that uh, it, it would give kids a, a different approach to, um, sure. for that content. Uh, but uh, fortunately, uh, my colleagues uh, kind of uh, stepped it up a notch <laughs> and uh, uh, convinced me that we really ought to try to make a computer game out of this at a time when there weren't that many computer games sure. around. Yeah. And 
I mean, in your mind, did the conception of what the game could be, did that change at all from the kind of, uh, kind of early idea of a board game based on this to the, when it became a computer game? Was there any kind of adjustments that you made based on that transition? Well, I think that, um, that once, once we started working on it and, and we were under a, a pretty tight deadline of a couple of weeks uh, wow. from coming up with the idea till I had to start teaching with it, um, uh, I, I think that that once we got into working with the computer, I could see that this was a far superior way to go at this than than to try to make something that involved spinning a spinner or, or right. rolling dice. Um, and the computer had had all this power to um, uh, create mechanisms for simulating situations that you had data on, mm -hmm. and uh, so I. I you know, became hooked right away. Right. And how did you go about determining what to include? Because, you know, even though you're talking about one subject, you know, westward expansion, it's still a huge subject in terms of history and the amount of literature that you can include, the amount of information, facts that you could give to the students. So how did you go about kind of trying to figure out what to put in the game, what to leave out? Well, when we first invented the game, uh, again, under that, that uh, tight schedule, uh, I just drew on my own um, knowledge mm -hmm. of of the event and and some reading that that uh, I could do from books I could find at the school where I was. Um, but after uh, after that initial version was created, and then a couple of years later, when I ended up with a job that that involved working with schools to bring computing into the curriculum. Um, I, I figured that we needed to do a better job mm -hmm. on that research. So I went out and, among other things, found the text of actual diaries of people that, uh, that were pioneers and had traveled the trail. And, and these diaries have been published in, in books. I, I was um, kind of surprised about that. Yeah. Um, that allowed me to, uh, to really get a you know, a primary source look at what happened to these people as they made this trip. And, uh, and I, I actually kept score as I read through the diaries, how often did certain things happen, so that I could then go back into the computer game and, and fix up the probabilities right. uh, and the formulas that we use to create the simulation and make them more reflective of the historical record. Yeah, that's great. I, I would imagine that you'd gotten some of the ideas for maybe the events and the, you know the deaths that you could suffer on the Oregon Trail from from those journal entries. Right. Uh, the the journals, um, the diaries confirmed how difficult the trip was, right. but they also um, helped to. Uh, straighten a few things out historically. Mm -hmm. um, just as one example, this was 1971 when, when we first invented the game, and at the time uh, there, were, there was no end of movies depicting the, the West of the 19th century and, uh, and continuing the stereotypical view that uh, the, the pioneers were always running into Indians right. who were out to kill them and, and so forth. Well, it, it turned out that the, the reality, although it included some uh, resentment uh, on the part of the Native Americans and who could blame them from all these people tromping through their, their 
territories. Sure. But they, they also, um, in many cases, were helpful to the pioneers, uh, help them find, find the trail, know where the trail was, what they could eat along the way that they found growing, what was poisonous. Um, and, and there is uh, uh, verification in, in these accounts that, that this, this, these kinds of things happen. Mm -hmm. so, um, so not only was I looking to update the model um, in terms of um, um, what happened to the pioneers, but also to depict events that would show Native Americans in a more positive light. Right. And, you know, it kind of reflects a lot of what historians do, adding primary sources, you know, coming out with new editions of a book, for instance. And I mean, in a lot of ways, I think that Oregon Trail can be seen as probably the most widely engaged with secondary source that's ever been made, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you think about the number of people who've actually played it, right. uh, the number of iterations that have come out of that, all from that original game. I mean, you know, speaking as a historian, I might be lucky if I go through one printing of a secondary source that I write. Sure, right? sure. So uh, that's an incredible feat uh, for something that you just kind of seem to have uh, you know, use as a, uh, as a lesson plan for high school students. So, right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so what did your colleagues, what did the faculty, what did your faculty supervisors, what do they make of this idea of using games, or using this game in order to teach westward expansion? Was this something that they were you know, interested in, or was it something they were kind of like, oh, this is... This is maybe not such a great idea. Well, um, to tell you the truth, um, I, I don't think that that many people, besides the three of us, uh, knew about this. Mm. For one thing, uh, it was kind of common practice that once you had classes turned over to you to teach, the supervising teacher, um, other than a periodic um, uh, observation of right. your classes, uh, kind of disappeared, huh. and and on the one hand, you know, I guess you could be critical about that. But on the other hand, I think they wanted to give give us, you know, the the the, the young te teachers in training, the opportunity to deal with these classes uh, at, as as we saw fit, so right. to speak, and not have this authority figure sitting in the back where all the kids are looking over their shoulder. Um, so. Uh, I, it, it really wasn't well known at, at that time. Okay. Right. Uh, but it caught on with the students pretty fast, though. Uh, the students were uh, mesmerized. Yeah, great. <laughs> and uh, uh, my, my two math colleagues, even though this wasn't what they were teaching, of course couldn't help themselves but show this to kids that they were working with. And they reported that uh, at, at lunchtime and after school, lines of students would form at their classroom doors wow. with kids wanting to get a chance to sit down at the teletype device right. and, and play this game. Yeah. Um, how did you use this game in your lesson plan for those students? What kind of, uh, what kind of setup did you have for the students? Did you break them up into groups in order to have them play the game? Did they play on their own? What was what was the lesson plan structure? Well, I've, I've always thought that, um, that the game was flexible enough that it, it could be used in different ways. Um, for example, you could use it as the very first thing in the unit. 
right. and kind of grab their attention. Right. Or you could use it in the middle of the unit along with other sources of information to depict uh, this, this great migration. Or, and I don't know if anyone has ever done this, but you could use it as the final test. They've learned all about Interesting. traveling yeah. this, then instead of giving them a multiple choice uh, you know, uh, test form to fill out, why not just have them play the game and those that made it alive uh, got to get a better grade? Well, that, I, don't, I don't know that that was ever tried, but, but what I did when we first uh, tested this out with kids was I, I did break the, the class up into small groups. Mm-hmm. Even though the school I was in had a teletype for accessing a computer in the district office, it only had one teletype, uh, and so we couldn't very well have 30 kids playing this at once. Right. So I, I broke them up into groups of four or five, and then I came up with a rotation of activities so that every day the group, each group was doing something different, okay. working on a map or reading an, an account or right. uh, reading some fiction about the, the West. And, uh, and, and that way every student had a small group experience with the game as well as these other uh, things that were in the rotation. Right, yeah. Uh, speaking from my own experience, I've, I've used the game quite a bit in uh, American history survey classes at the college level. And uh, one of the things I like to do is uh, I'll give a lecture on westward expansion and then uh, the next day in class I'll have uh, the entire class together, maybe about 30 students, uh, attempt to play the game together, and they have them uh, select uh, somebody who's going to be the foreman, basically the organizer, uh, and then basically to run uh, the trail team as this kind of democratic group of 30 people Mm -hmm. making decisions about what supplies to get, and then also uh, whether or not to ford a river. Uh, and uh, grade them based on you know whether or not they make it through the trail, but then also how many people survived, and, sure, you know what sure. state they were in. Uh, but I've heard of other people uh, using it as a way for uh, students to, on their own, write the like write a personal journal uh, about their experience on the trail. Uh, and I've, I've seen you know a lot of success with that model too. So. Yeah, I really believe that you, you don't want to you don't want to use the game in isolation. Yeah, it's it's a um, a stepping off point for many things that that students can do to learn more about this. But I really uh, I'm, I'm I'm really fascinated by uh, what you said about you um, kind of assign students to create a decision-making process Mm -hmm. and what I observed with the the younger students I was working with was that um, if if I sat five of them down at the teletype device and just told them to follow the instructions and go at it, um, I'm kind of interested to see how they would solve the problem of group decision-making. Right. And so in the beginning, it's chaos. The students are all yelling at each other because they all want to be the one to decide what to do. Uh, Then they look up at the clock and they realize if they don't figure something out here, they're going to run out of time and they'll never know whether they got to Oregon or not. So um, they invented uh, voting democracy kind of on the spot. And, And I think that that was a level of learning that was even more sophisticated than picking up the history, picking right. up the geography, and so on. Right. 
um, and I think that helps add to the value of the game. Right, yeah, and I think uh, in some ways it accurately reflects the kind of, you know, democracy that's going on on the trail, you yeah. know, because there's a lot of history that's been written about how, uh, you know, the deaths on the trail help to encourage uh, people to make group decisions and also help to encourage uh, women to take on leadership roles mm -hmm. on the trail. And, uh, you know, I feel like having that kind of lesson plan structure with this game kind of gives them that kind of personal, gives the students a personal connection right. uh, to that history they might not get from just reading a textbook or listening to my lecture, even though I'm, of course, a brilliant teacher. <laughs> of course. Um, so, you know, with regards to modern pedagogy, there's been a lot of emphasis on uh, trying to incorporate games or uh, to gamify teaching. And I'm just wondering, you know, from your long experience, uh, not only through Oregon Trail, but your other work uh, with education, I mean, what is your perspective on how that process has gone? Do you see uh, more educators being willing to incorporate games into instruction, or do you think that there's still quite a bit of resistance to that idea? Well, I, I, I think it would be fair to say that the teachers have become more and more interested in uh, using a variety of, of approaches to teaching. Mm -hmm. uh, when, I, when I was coming up and, and had ambitions to teach, um, it, the, the, the norm was read your textbook Right. And then I'll give you a, a test later. Um, and, and maybe something unique was done every so often. But I think teachers today are, are, um, have, have much more interesting classrooms and that they, they get the kids um, involved in um, uh, group, group work together and mm -hmm. researching things because we have the internet now. Sure. And uh, um, ac activities like that that, that make it clear that, um, yes, we, we have books. As a matter of fact, we even have games, but that n neither one of those things is the end-all source of information. Sure. Um, I, I always thought about the idea of teaching a unit to students in school about, uh, about impressions from the media. Hmm. And using the game as one example versus this John Wayne movie sure. versus this diary and every one of them, as historians would say, have their own pros and cons in sure. terms of getting at the truth. But maybe if we, we look at the different views that people take, we, we, could, um, we could teach kids how to um, evaluate those sources better. Right and come to conclusions right. better. And the, all of those things, you know, you reference movies, reference books, uh, the games, I mean, they all kind of contribute to our historical memory of certain subjects, right? right? And so it seems, at least it makes sense to me to take that, you know, different approach to uh, incorporate these uh, aspects of maybe popular culture along with a lecture or along with a textbook uh, as well. And, you know, I think that uh, Oregon Trail has gone a long way to kind of making that point or at least making it a little bit more accessible yeah. uh, to educators. Right. Um, so I guess uh, kind of final question, one of the things I'm interested about is, you know, you uh, of course were focused on teaching a history class. Uh, whereas your uh, fellow developers, they were math instructors, right? And I'm wondering, you know, one of the kind of foundational characteristics of history games has been uh, resource management, which involves uh, dealing a lot with numbers as well as history. 
And I kind of see Oregon Trail as being kind of the foundation for this characteristic in history games. So I was wondering, you know, to what extent you thought about resource management as being an important part of what you were doing with Oregon Trail uh, in terms of deciding what supplies to buy, uh, deciding how far to go each day on the trail, uh, and just those kind of general topics. Well, I. I've always said that in, in addition to learning the content that the game has, that another source of, of learning in the game is, is that you're learning a strategy. Mm -hmm. you're, you're using your powers of logic to um, observe what, ha what has happened based on decisions you've made, and the next time you play the game doing better, because you're now a little smarter and you're starting to, to put it together, mm -hmm. um, and and so I th I think that I, I think that that strategizing aspect of it is also a valuable um, thing with uh, with kids, and um, I, you know sometimes we we kind of. Uh, um, continue the stereotype that the kids would, would just rather do easier work rather right. than, than harder work. But I, I don't agree with that. I think, I think kids love a challenge, especially in, in this case when their life is on the line, so to speak. <laughs> and um, and as, if you can create something that, that you know, piques their curiosity, that they will devote themselves to, mm -hmm. to learning um, mm -hmm. uh, much, much more easily than if we just thrust things at them that sure. is not, not uh, you know, part of their interest Yeah, level. it's more common, yeah, like in my experience, it's more common for them to rise to the challenge rather than to, to just shut off when right. they run into a difficult task. And that's certainly the case in the lesson plans I have with Oregon Trail where uh, if I'm doing it as an entire class activity, uh, if somebody dies on the trail, if somebody's injured on the trail, it means that that portion of the class that's tied to that character, they can no longer vote. And decisions and uh -huh. it leads to a yeah. lot of animosity and uh, but then a lot of reflection at the end uh, you know in terms of the difficulty and what that meant for the actual time period as well um, one thing I could could throw in is that um, when when I was uh, doing my practice teaching um, I, I had contact with a couple of activities that um, that were not the Oregon Trail mm -hmm. not not a computer game but um, uh, again, a different approach. Uh, one of my um, uh, teaching colleagues agreed to dress up with me as Lewis and Clark. Oh, nice! And we came into class and, and uh, invited the kids to, um, you know, interview us okay. and ask us questions, that kind of thing. I also saw a, another teacher in the school uh, do a mock trial based on a mock crime being committed in. Uh, in the classroom, mm. he, he was uh, he was a track coach, and therefore had access to the starter's pistol, uh. and he arranged with me to come running into his classroom and and uh, make some kind of accusation and raise a ruckus and uh -huh. and and he he got mad and said, "Why are you disrupting my class?" And the next thing, bam! That he that he pulls out the the gun and fires it, and I fall to the ground and. <laughs> And then, okay, this this is now over. The kids are kind of saying, "What uh -huh. is this?" Yeah. Then he would assign a jury, and a couple of attorneys, and a judge, and the kids would uh, uh, try to use that process to figure out who was guilty right. and, and things like that. I mean, yeah. the, the, those are things that the, those kids will talk about in the, their twenties and thirties and forties. Uh, they won't mention their textbook again. 
Yeah, yeah, so and it's important. Been my experience, you know, I don't think I've ever had uh, students really mention the textbook or even the secondary source readings that they've engaged with in my class, but they will talk about the Oregon Trail uh, day. You know, they will talk about uh, this kind of struggle that they had with other students. And, uh, you know, typically the test scores related to that time period uh, are usually much higher, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I think it, it does bode well for using games uh, along with other mediums and along with right. other material. Uh, I don't think we could get away with uh, using a, a gun uh, in a classroom. Uh, no, no, no longer. <laughs> no longer. But uh, yeah, I, I do like, you know, it seems like you kind of came out of a period where there were a lot of innovations, or at least attempts to innovate, right. on kind of old, stodgy teaching models. Right, so. and I, th I think that that happened um, in in a new cohort of teachers that were now somewhere in their 30s or 40s, right. um, who had gotten their fill of lectures when they were students, right. and now they were they were trying these uh, these different things. Right. And um, I, I, I was just going to add the comment. You wouldn't want to have a computer game every day in class either, sure. because kids will get tired of that. Sure. Uh, so it's this it's this variety of activities and picking the best activity for the point you want to make that day that I think uh, makes for good teaching. Right. Well, so did you ever get another chance to use Oregon Trail in the classroom? I mean, did you ever move into classroom teaching? Uh, um, I I did not move into classroom teaching. Um, it, that's perhaps a story for another time, sure. but uh, uh, I, I had an opportunity to, to take a job that um, got me involved in the use of computers in schools, mm -hmm. and, uh, and that became so fascinating to me that I just stuck with it. Yeah. Um, but I, so uh, the answer to your question is, um, no, I, I never got to teach classes of kids with the Oregon Trail. But I got to do many, many training sessions mm -hmm. for teachers, mm -hmm. especially history teachers. One of the toughest nuts to crack when it comes to technology. Yeah, why is that uh, exactly? What do, you, what, what do you think is the reason behind that? Well, um, I mean, I've got my own stories yeah. about PowerPoints at conferences and <laughs> things going haywire there. But what do right. you think it is about historians in particular? Um, well, I, I, I don't know if this if this makes sense, but it, it seems like um, that a lot of, I, I won't point the finger at historians, but mm -hmm. people who train to be history teachers mm -hmm. um, have, have this, this um, stereotype uh, burned into them mm -hmm. that, that teaching history is all about lecturing mm -hmm. and then having uh, do reading in, mm -hmm. in a standard kind of book. Mm -hmm. Whereas I don't, well, I don't know, maybe math is like that. Science, oh, we go outside and we look at the plants mm -hmm. and, and animals and, and so forth. Uh, maybe it, uh, it doesn't seem so, so hard and fast um, in some of the other subjects. Right. But, um, well, and then uh, ah, another part of the theory might be that uh, at least in bygone times, um, there was a... Um, uh, a, a kind of a, an understanding that if you needed to have athletic coaches at your school and they were going to devote tons and tons of time to coaching football mm -hmm. and basketball and so forth, 
they, they probably were licensed to be uh, social studies teachers right. um, because that, that was the easiest thing for somebody to learn how to do, apparently. Yep. <laughs> um, and so they, they fell into the, the tried and true uh, you know, time-worn yep. approach. Well, that was, um, that was definitely my past experience growing up uh, middle school all the way through, I think, junior of high school. Uh, my history teacher was always called coach, right? Right, so, that's right. Uh, that's definitely the case. Whereas now, now I think that social studies teachers are, are people that um, are maybe the most likely ones to get involved in political discussions mm -hmm. and activities mm -hmm. and so forth. So they, they now are bringing something to the classroom uh, that, that wasn't there before. But yes, the, the history teacher as coach phenomenon, at least back then, was uh, running strong. <laughs> Uh, well, that does it for my questions. Thanks so much, Don, for okay, joining me on the show. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the History Respawn podcast. Please look for more History Respawn content on our website, historyrespawn.com, and on our YouTube page, youtube.com forward slash historyrespawn. If you enjoy our content, please consider contributing to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash History Respond. The contributions from our patrons support our search for scholarly guests, the cost of video and audio production, and the expense of buying new games. These contributions also paid for the microphone I use to record my interviews at GDC. If you decide to contribute to the History Respond Patreon, you'll have access to a set of rewards that includes updates on the series, as well as voting rights on future episodes. That's all for now. I'll be back again tomorrow with a new interview from GDC.